0: Hello, my friends, and welcome back to another episode of The Informed Catholic. My name is Net Jabbar. This is going to be episode 145. I want to apologize. A couple of days ago, I uh, tried to do uh, an episode, which was the same um, episode number, 145. It was on the group of both the Black Lives Matter and Antifa, uh, and the editing kind of got messed up at the end, so I apologize about that. But uh, let's see. We're gonna try to make another attempt here. We're gonna go look at it, look into that group now. Uh, I'm gonna try to play a uh, audio uh, for some for this episode. So we'll we'll look into it right now. Hold on. All right, I can't play it, but this is an article from. The New York Post that came out a couple of days ago. People can have their opinion about the New York Post, but this is interesting here. Inside the privileged lives of protesters busted for rioting in Manhattan. Uh, it's by uh, Gabrielle uh, Fenro. Fan, uh, and um, let's look at it here. The so called revolutionaries who were busted for rioting at a new African. Black Panther Party Rally took a break from their yacht club lives, modeling careers to be part of the mayhem. Interesting. The seven comrades, including wealthy Upper East Sider, Claire uh, uh, Kreber had their mugshots tweeted out by the NYPD early Wednesday uh, days after their arrest for smashing storefront windows in the Iron District. Very interesting. They were cuffed up uh, during a protest organized by the Black Panthers and the revolutionary abolitionist movements groups condemning the death of of Daniel Prude, who was killed while in custody of the Rochester Police Department in March. I believe he might have been a mentally disturbed man and not exactly too sure uh, what happened, but the police supposedly put something over his head. Uh, And uh, uh, something happened, of course, it caused his death, but uh, whether it was handled properly by the police, I don't know. Um, I'm trying to be as uh, object, uh, object, you know, uh, more of an objective approach, but uh, something happened, which unfortunately in Rochester caused a lot of rioting and caused uh, Antifa, Black Lives Matter group, to go way out of control over there. Aside from uh, Krepper, the red headed daughter of an architect and a child psychiatrist with a second home in Connecticut. Five of the other arrested appears to also come from privileged backgrounds, leading one police source to call their actions the highest of hypocrisy. Frank uh, Furmeister, 30, of Stuyvesant Heights, charged with rioting and possession of graffiti instruments in a freelance art, um is a freelance art director who's designed ads for Joe Coffee and has also worked for Pepsi, Samsung, and uh Glenvet, I don't know what that is, among other high-profile brands. His LinkedIn profile and portfolio show. He studied fine arts with the with a concentration uh, in photography at Florida State College. In Jacksonville, according to his LinkedIn and his most recent address is a stately home on Reed Island Drive in, his, in the city's Tony Beacon Hills and Harbor neighborhood. Public records show. Wow. Calls to Freemaster went unreturned. Ida Strigo, uh, Stragovich, I guess I'm pronouncing the name wrong, I'm sure, 20, is a student in Sarah Lawrence College, from Great Neck Long Island, according to police and her family. They're all white kids. They're all, um, you know, they're not, none of them look like they come from minority background, but they're all, uh, you know, white kids. and it's very it's very disturbing that they they're so attracted to this. They come from money. They come from well-to- do backgrounds. They're not in want, they're not in need but they all look extremely disturbed. They all look extremely unhappy. There's like some anger inside of them, some kind of rage, which for some reason, uh, this, this protest, this revolutionary protest mentality seems to attract them for some reason. Um, this is something that a lot I've noticed from the beginning. Um, m- uh, a couple of years ago, when Black Lives Matter began, I've noticed that there was more white people wearing Black Lives Matter buttons. I mean, I do see a little bit more now uh African-Americans involved in the Black Lives Matter movement, but there is a lot of whites involved in it. There seems to be still a lot of white people involved in the movement. Um than anything else um it doesn't seem to attract i don't see as much um african americans i do see some i do see more now but the rumor is a lot of them are being are getting paid they're getting paid uh to hold the blowhorn to scream to shout to rally the people and everything but um, and that's one of the rumors going on that, that they actually they're paid to do this. Um, let's continue. Uh, the youngest activist lost her phone during the rowdy uh, the rowdy weekend protest. Promptly called up her mother, who made arrangements to replace the cell phone right away. Her mom told the Post, she hasn't been terribly in touch. She's been off during her own. She's been off doing her own thing. Said Travgos' mom, Susan Jacobwitz, an English professor at Queensborough Community College, so her mom is a college professor. This, um, this uh, Adia Stragovich. Wow, she hasn't been terribly in touch. She's been off doing her own thing. Okay, yada yada. Uh, her mom, Susan Jacobwitz. I keep thinking I would get a call from the hospital, or she'd get arrested because it seems like she's. It's just dangerous times right now, says Jacobwitz, who didn't know her daughter was arrested, Arrested, told the Post. At least she's not on Rikers, she said. <laughs> Before joining the protests, Stragovich was an accomplished musician who spent time performing in local theater groups. At the Sea Cliff Yacht Club, according to the Great Neck Record, which photographed her during a 2017 show, the article quotes her teacher saying how impressed she was with Sagrovich, who performed from her extensive, uh, uh, expensive—I'm sorry—extensive repertoire of jazz numbers in 2018 while a senior at Great Neck High School, Sagrovich. Organize a walkout at the school following the mass shooting of at a majority Stoneman Douglas High School in Parkland, Florida, or according to the island now. It's really invigorated me. I feel like my generation is finally coming in, into its moment. They're unhappy people. Sagravić told the outlet at the time, unfortunately, that power comes from the fact that we're the ones being hunted and killed. So she has to have this victimization mentality. There has to be a victimization attitude on her in order to give her this this purpose in life. Most recently, Sagravić, in July, was at Occupy City Hall, where she spent time f- fixing sandwiches and, pla- and, and plastic bags of granola for breakfast, according to the New York Times, which interviewed her. Sacrivage has been charged with rioting and did not respond to a request for a comment. Claire Severin, uh, Severin 27, who lives in Washington Heights and was charged with rioting, appears to be a assigned a model and a model with We Speak agency who had the ability to let the jet among Montreal, Quebec, to well, She was able to fly around to um, Montreal, Quebec, Canada and Dublin, Ireland, before settling in the Big Apple to pursue a career in acting, according to modeling profile with the same name. They're all involved in the arts. They all come from well-to-do backgrounds. They all come from fathers and mothers who are college professors, uh, you you know, in the academia world. And they're all unhappy. Claire has always had a profound respect for nature and enjoys hiking, photographing these hikes and trying to get other people excited about our, our wonderful planet. Her modeling profile gushes. She she believes you, beauty can be found everywhere and everybody if you just look around. Severin, who lives on an uh, Audubon Avenue and could not be reached for comment. Edgar Surrett, a 27-year-old from Brooklyn, who summered in, uh, in Europe as a kid, is charged with writing and possession of a graffiti instrument. When approached for comment at his Prospect Park South apartment, wow, Wednesday, Saret barked, I don't want to talk to you. You can go away and slam the door in a reporter's face. Elliot Rook, a 20-year-old from Portland, Oregon, charged with writing, is the son of a famed comic book writer, wow, Greg Rugga and Jennifer Van Metter, according to his father's online bio. Greg penned the comic book series The Old Guard, which he then ad- ad- adapted to a Netflix film of the same name and co-created the, the stumped-down comic series at a ABC option into a TV show last year. Close to Rugga and his family went unreturned. Okay. So, these kids all come from privileged background. They all come from money, successful parents, parents in academia. Some of these kids have had options for a a better life than some of us could possibly dream of. They even went to vacations in Europe. All right, they've had their parents has more than one home—a home in Manhattan, a home in Connecticut—and they've had the best lives. They've gone to the best high schools. Uh, they, I mean, think about it vacation in Europe. And some of their parents have, you know, all of them, all of them are involved in the arts. All of them have that. But, and they all have money. So the question is, what's the problem? Why are they getting involved in all this far left radical politics, socialism? It goes against what they have. It goes against, I mean, that, that simply attacks them. They go into an ideology that attacks their very uh, lifestyle. They're not in need. They come from people who own f- great homes. Some of them have fantastic homes. So Why? why are they involved in this and the answer is is that there obviously there's an emptiness in their lives there's a gigantic void in their lives there's a there's no purpose to they feel to their existence they need to feel that they're the hero in some story that they're doing something important but the fact is they don't know how there's also an attraction for beauty one of them loves nature loves the planet loves the world, loves landscapes, loves mountains, and everything. It's funny. The other day, I looked at uh, there was a thing called on EWTN, um, Scandals and Saints, and it was about one episode of the series. One of them had this professor at a college university, who a college a Catholic college, and he did a series about which is called by the same name scoundrels and saints. Unfortunately, I have neighbors outside and they're Chinese. So if you hear them in the background, I apologize. And what's interesting about it is that one of the episodes had St. Augustine and St. Augustine lived that uh, loose, sexually liberated lifestyle. He lived he lived that beautiful lifestyle where he had women he had intellectual uh popularity and freedom and he was also going against the this number by them jock uh juso uh i think uh swedish or uh one of the one of the great leftist liberal uh 17th century who attacked Augustine's confessions. Augustine had wrote his confessions. He wrote his own confessions where he abandoned his own five children. They all died, poverty stricken. This was a great philosopher. And Augustine challenged that individual because he keeps saying, you don't need to feel guilty. You don't need to feel guilty about anything. There is no such thing as sin. There is no such thing as heaven and hell you can do whatever you want and however you want and of course he admired the rich and powerful all of them you know you know you know basically rich and powerful he, he admired them and Augustine was simply trying to c- communicate to this of course they are 13 centuries apart but the point is justice justice, The point of it is that Gustin was trying to point out your sense of justice comes from a need for God in your life. Your desire and hunger, what these kids want, these kids want to believe in good. They want to believe in justice. They want to believe that there's right and there's wrong in the world. And that comes from a desire and a need for God. Because God is the ultimate good. God is the ultimate justice. God is the ultimate right. All these people, you notice, this is what their biggest biggest desire is. And Augustine believed in beauty. Beauty is God. The ultimate beauty in the whole universe. In the whole creation. Outside of ourselves and apart from ourselves is God. The problem is, is that they had somehow they've had that robbed from them. They've had that taken away from them. And so they're in search for good. They're in search for love. They're in search for meaning. They're in search for justice. They want good. They want to feel good. They want to believe that there is good in the universe. They want to believe that there has to be good. They feel, they believe about themselves that there is no good. Maybe what they saw about their family, maybe what they know about their family. Maybe, you know, it's it's an unhappiness these kids have and they don't realize it. That's why artists love beauty. They want to record truth. They want to record beauty. Um, I like I like painting icons with acrylic, and I want to. And, and I fell in love with the the Byzantine style of icon. I fell in love with it. I feel that it communicates to me far better than the Renaissance. But I do respect the Renaissance paintings. A few of them I feel are, are fantastic, are beautiful, just a few, but not all. But the problem is, is that with these kids, with all these artists, is that there's lost. They feel lost and they feel uh, abandoned. I mean, look when they finally get confronted, when they have the spotlight on them, they run away. They run away out of shame and fear and it's sad. So let's look for the other article um, and then uh, we'll continue. Here's a question for you. Is Black Lives Matter really a Black Lives Matter movement? Because here's an interesting thing, big money and globalism is involved in it. Is it really about black lives? Is it really about the, the black kid, the, the boy and the girl living in poverty neighborhoods, I'd say like in Baltimore, Maryland, right? In Maryland, uh, there's a large neighborhood with poverty, and it's a a Democratic-run city, right? It's a Democratic-run city, and it's been in poverty. It's been in uh, sliding, falling apart for almost 53 years. So we have to ask yourself, is it really about black lives? Look at Chicago, Illinois. Look at the cities with the highest gun violence, every single day there's gun shooting. Does it really, is it really all about black lives? Okay, George Floyd was an incident caught on camera, and unfortunately it shouldn't have happened, but it did. But there's violence like this every single day. There's more danger of black lives taking black lives than cops involved in it. Okay, and and sadly, this this is always the case here. The police are involved and that's all you need. You don't need an incident where uh, gangs uh, fighting each other Innocent bystanders, little kids get caught in the, gr- uh, in the crossfire, people having a barbecue, or someone or in a, in a schoolyard. That doesn't seem to grab the media's attention. But if a cop is involved, it grabs the media's attention. And if it goes completely wrong, if it goes downhill, it grabs the media's attention. But the little kid who's sitting in in, in a in a uh, you know stroller who could get shot, that doesn't grab their attention, right? Caught between the gunfire of two gangs, that doesn't grab their attention. Or a bullet going through the window of a a, a you know a baby and the baby's in the crib, that doesn't grab their attention. But it has to be a cop and it has to be a white cop because that, that, that feeds their narrative. So the question again is, is Black Lives really about Black Lives? Well, this is by Martin Bar- uh, Barillas. June 17th, 2020. Washington. Donations to the leftist Black Lives Matter movement and related organizations have skyrocketed in response to the killing of George Floyd. A felon... A felon who died during his arrest on May 25th while in custody of Minneapolis police. Protests over Floyd's death have been marred by arson, looting, and civil disturbance in Minneapolis and other major cities. Yet that hasn't hampered uh, the movement whose supporters have been visibly at the scene of the destruction uh, from ranking in financial support. Yeah. They've been getting money. So let's look at this case. According to data collected by Creative Investments Research cited by Black Enterprise, various corporations have pledged more than $1 billion to the Black Lives Matter movement. Consider Amazon pledged $10 million to various organizations, including Black Lives Matter. Bad Robot Productions... Which has produced blockbuster movies such as Clover Field, and also they've gone into um, Star Trek movies as well. They've done that. Has pledged 10 million over five years to Black Lives Matter. Uh, um, Black Lives Matter in LA, among other groups, Warner Music Group has pledged 100 million to social justice organizations in support of Black Lives Matter movement. Bank of America has pledged 1 billion to community programs, small businesses, a category not, not further specified by creative investments research. According to Bank of America, press release, however, the Black Lives, um, I'm sorry, press release over the bank's pledge to fortify years of support for communications to address economic and, and so oh, I'm sorry, racial inequality Accelerated by a global pandemic while focusing on people and communities of color that have experienced a greater impact from health crisis. All right. Warner Groups has pledged money in support of Black Lives Matter movement, and Bank of America has pledged money over one Bank America has pledged over one billion. Warner Music has pledged over a hundred million. Okay, this is this is interesting. Now Where's that money? Is that money really going to where it's supposed to go? Uh, Plus four years of support communities to address economic and racial inequalities accelerated by the global pandemic. I can respect that while focusing on people, communities of color that have experienced a greater impact from the health crisis. Okay, I can respect Bank of America. Bank of America is actually putting the money in the right place. But is it going to the right place? That's the question. The Ford Foundation and the uh, and the uh, Borales Borales Philanthropy, created by Black-led movement fund, fund of black movement fund to fund the movement for Black Lives, which is a coalition that promotes radical vision for black lives, to which foundations have pledged more than a hundred million. Okay, these palan- thre- uh, philanthropist institutions work in concert with allies, such as the Hills-Snowden uh, Foundation, uh, Saladere, uh, Sal- uh, Sal- uh, Sal- uh, Sal- the Novo Foundation, Foundation. Association of Black Foundation Executives, the Neighborhood Founders Group, founders of the Justice Anonymous Donors, and many more. Who is this coalition? Well, shepherded in 2013 by three radical activists, the board of Black Lives Matter movement achieved visibility in the United States in the wake of killing a Florida black teen uh, Trayvon Martin, at the hands of a local resident, George Zimmerman. Now we all remember that one. All right. Uh, Pratice Collier and her wife. And her wife. Okay, these are lesbians. The movement protests accelerated after Zimmerman was acquitted of the killing that civil rights advocates and black lives activists claimed was the result of racial discrimination and a Cl- uh, climate of police brutality directed at black people. The movement, in turn, has been cite- cited for alleged indifference to violence committed in its name and for creating a dangerous environment for police. There has been debate ever since over the identity of Black Lives Matter, originating as the hashtag Black Lives Matter hashtag on Twitter. The Black Lives Matter movement. Has been described as an amorphous, of de- decentralized co- collection of related re- um, racial justice groups, and a, with a radical agenda. Portis, Portis colors, colors, one of the originating activists, has said that its organization is often spontaneous and not directed by one person, or group, a people. So, where is the money going then? The groups associated with the movement are numerous and range from protest groups with little interest in backing candidates to those that pr- uh, pressure. Candid- uh, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. The group associated with the movement are numerous and range from protest groups with little interest in back uh, in backing candidates to those that pressure candidates and elected officials to adopt their policies. That was a little confusing. I I, I think I'm going to read it one more time, and you tell me if you understand it. Well, I mean, let's see if we can understand it. The groups associated with the movement are numerous and range from protest groups with little interest in backing candidates to those that pressure candidates and elected officials to adopt their policies. It doesn't sound, you know, it, it's very confusing. It's very confusing. On the other hand, the Black Lives Matter Global Network Foundation, Incorporated, BLM, is a structure nonprofit organization with 15 chapters nationwide. On the BLM website, potential donors click through To to secure a donation, form managed by Act Blue Charities, a pass-through organization that also funds Democratic Party campaigns and progressives, political groups including pro-abortion N A R A L throughout the United States. The website states that donations benefit. The Black Lives Matter Global Network Act Blue is works directly to the Democratic Party. You click on that, and the money goes directly to to Democratic candidates. And meanwhile, they said earlier that it's uh, a spontaneous that different groups don't necessarily share the same thing, but it's kind of confusing because obviously she just said later on that they're 15 chapters. Okay, let's go on here. On the website, Act Blue presents as a registered charitable organization formed to Democrat, uh, uh, to Democrat charitable giving. Among the candidates who have used the services are Joseph Biden and Senator Bernie Sanders ActBlue provides services, including data analytics, to help fundraise efforts. ActBlue defines itself as a nonprofit tech organization that um, that builds digital fundraising tools for Democratic candidates and committees, progressives, organizations, and other nonprofits. The west the website boasts that it has raised over $5.2 billion since 2004, and it claims to offer a fundraising platform to like-minded candidates and organizations for g- garnering support from small-dollar donors. It charges recipients a fee of 3.95% for the services, but it also stipulates that any donations that are unclaimed for more than 60 days or rejected by any organization will be re, uh, redesigned as a contribution to Act Blue. According to Act Blue, those funds are destined generally to support the social welfare activities. The organization states. Now here's a picture. They have got they got a picture of George Soros right there. While Black Lives Matter donation page managed by Act Blue states that inquiries can get the fundraising organization latest financial report. Requests by some media for the report were rejected. ActBlue has not provided the requested report. Neither the ActBlue nor the Black Lives Matter website indicate how much has been directed to that uh, latter group. However, the ActBlue website shows apparent fundraising success. For April 2020, it showed an increase of four 4 million total contributions for the month, three times the amount earned in April 2018. In money terms, it means that ACBLU processed about 141 million in April from up just under 56 million in April 2018. The dollar amount does not reflect the uptick in donations to Black Lives Matter, which have surged since the late May. What the coalition says it wants, formed in 2014 with ties to the Ford Foundation and the Burrells of Philanthropy, the M4BL, that's the uh, for Black Lives Matter, for Black Lives Matter, brought together over 150 like-minded organizations, including Black Lives Matter Network and the National Conference of Black Lawyers, has earned an endorsement from groups such as The color of change. Unbelievable. This is all about money, people. This is all about money. M4BL describes itself as a a system of individuals and organizations creating a shared vision and policy agenda to win rights, recognition, and resources for black people. That is calling for the abolishment and replacement of persons, police uh, police and all other institutions that inflict uh, violence on black people. While it centers on the most marginalized black people, it also offers a platform for persons who identify as trans and queer, women and femmes, currently and formerly uh, incarcerated immigrants, disabled working class and poor. It seeks a radical realignment of power globally while it expresses an anti-capitalist and while it expresses as it describes itself as anti-capitalist. Its website states further, we believe and understand that black people will never achieve liberation under the current global uh, racialized capitalist system. Wow. Church Millet has reported on how money from various organizations tied to to billionaire globalist George Soros. I was wondering when he was going to come in in this article. A supporter of the social justice movement, including Black Lives Matter, is creating a movement toward global governance. <laughs> a recent report by the European Center for Law and Justice explains how $32 billion in Soros money is creating a post-democratic and supernatural um Supernational global authority with a network of judges whose functions is now is, is a new, um, as new clerics of a universal secular religion. Okay. I want to read this one more time. A recent report by the European Center for Law and Justice explains how 32 billion in Soros money is creating a post-democratic, supranational, globalist authority with a network of judges whose functions functions as a new cleric of a universal secular religion. Remember what I said. They are indoctrinated almost like a cult. Wow. Church, Church Militant Special Report on Black Lives Matter explains how the movement support for the LGBT abortion agenda A major mobilization on June 19, M4BL plans to rally at the White House and elsewhere in the country. According to M4BL, it hopes to mobilize thousands for a weekend of marches and other actions to push its agenda, defunding police, uh, investing in black communities, and uh, uh, and the resignation of President Donald Trump various chapters of Black Lives Matter movement will also participate. Often called Juneteenth, the unofficial holiday commemorates June 19, 1965 when a United States general announced orders in Texas that all previously enslaved people were emancipated. Typically, it's marked by parades, picnics, and barbecues. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Well, Here's the question again. Is Black Lives Matter about black lives? I don't think so. I think this is all about raising money for the Democratic Party. All right? It's about raising money for the Democratic Party. It's not about black lives. It's not at all. All right. I'll be right back. we going to another article. Okay, welcome back to our third segment here. Now, we did the first uh, segment, which is about The um, radical left's influence on these um, uh, young, privileged white kids, they attract them. Now we just went into the second segment, which we talked about uh, BLM and the money. There's a lot of money. Money is very, very big. Now, it's interesting that Black Lives Matter is in the forefront of money-making, to raise money for uh, Act Blue uh, the the fundraising, the fact that big corporations are donating money, uh, they're more attractive. Notice they're more attractive in the front lines than Antifa. Antifa is sort of like the um, the ugly kid in the family that everybody pushes to the to the wayside, and the ugly kid happens to be the white kid, unfortunately, <laughs> because they're not raising money, but someone is, someone is raising money for them. Well, this article here uh, is from a link from Church Militant. Uh, it's uh, Gates, uh, Gatestone, Gatestone Institute, International Policy Council. Uh, it's a link through Church Militant's uh, article, which I'm going to read after this on the last segment. This one here is a brief history of Antifa. That's what I try to do. And I had to take down the episode because it was horribly edited. Uh, you know, I mean, I do things free. I don't really plan everything. I don't have the time to plan the articles. And I try the best I can to read them to you. And you guys can look them up. Now, again, I'm going to repeat it. Gate Stone Institute International Policy Council. It's A Brief History of Antifa Part 1 by Soren kern soren kern uh june 12 2020. so now um let's begin empirical anecdotal evidence shows that antifa is in fact highly networked well funded and has a global presence it has it has a flat organizational structure with dozens and possibly hundreds of local groups now I've met a few people uh, in my workplace who, for some reason, are very sympathetic to Antifa. They have a sympathetic uh, view about them. I don't know what it is, but I think that they're in denial of the facts. Okay, point two. Antifa, Antifa's stated long-term objective, both in America and abroad, is to establish a communist world order. In the United States, Antifa's immediate aim is to bring about the demise of the Trump administration. When I read this the first time, I really disagree with the term Trump administration. It's the American foundation. It's the American way of life. It's the American government, our whole system. It's not Trump. It's the whole American system. They want to change it. Point three. Common tactic used by Antifa in the United States and Europe is to employ extreme violence and destruction of public and private property to go the police into a reaction which then proves Antifa's claim that the government is fascist. Antifa is not only, this is again another point, Nantipa is not only officially tolerated, but is being paid by the German government to fight the far left. Batana Rohal, I know I'm pronouncing the German name wrong, German journalist in Zurich, Zurich New Zurich setting, June 2nd, 2020. Out of of cowardice, its members cover their faces and keep their names secret. Antifa constantly threatens violence and attacks against politicians and police officers. It promotes senseless damage of property amounting to vast sums. This is by the same t- same person, Betna Roll, Roll uh June second, twenty twenty. It's horrible pronunciation of German, but let's continue. US Attorney General William Barr has blamed Antifa, a militant anti-fascist movement, for the for the violence that has erupted at George Floyd protests across the United States. The violence in, uh, instigated and carried out by Antifa and other similar groups in connection with the rioting is domestic terrorism and and will be treated accordingly, he said. Barr has also said that federal government has evidence that Antifa hijacked legitimate protests around the country to engage in lawlessness, violent rioting, arson, looting of businesses and public property, assaults on law enforcement officers and innocent people, and even the murder of federal agent or, um, agents. Earlier this US earlier US President Donald J Trump has instructed the US Justice Department to designate Antifa as a terrorist organization. Academics and media outlets sympathetic to Antifa, sympathetic to Antifa, have argued that a group cannot be classified as a terrorist organization because the they claim it is a vaguely defined protest movement. That lacks a centralized structure. Mark Bray, a vocal apologist for Antifa in America and, and the author of the book Antifa, the Anti Fascist Handbook, asserts that Antifa is not overreaching organization with a chain of command. Empirical empirical and anecdotal evidence shows that Antifa is in fact highly networked, well funded and has a global presence. It has a flat organizational structure with dozens and possibly hundreds of local groups. Not surprisingly, the U.S. Department of Justice is currently investigating individuals linked to Antifa as a step to unmasking the broader organization. In the United States, Antifa's ideological tactics and goals Uh, and goals, far from being novel, are borrowed almost entirely from the Antifa groups in Europe, where so-called Antifa fascist groups, in one form or another, have been active, almost without interruption, for for a century. Okay. That's the first part here. Now we're going to go into what is Antifa? Antifa can be described as a transitional insurgency movement that endeavors often with extreme violence to subvert liberal democracy with the aim of replacing global capitalism with communism. Antifa stated long-term objective, okay, both in America and abroad, is to establish a communist world order. In the United States, Antifa's immediate aim, they're going to repeat the same thing again, again, I disagree with this part, is to bring about the demise of the Trump administration. Again, I don't like that he put that in there. He's focusing all on Trump. Antifa has been around long before Trump. Okay, Basically, it's the United States government, the demise of the United States government. Okay. This, this, the focus on Trump is rather naive and stupid because Trump, is, Trump can get, become, become president. He can be president for another four years. We all know that. Or he may not even become president after November. Hopefully he does. But the point is, it's about the United States. Okay, the United States and the fact that it has a very strong conservative group of people. We Americans are not the same as Europeans. Europeans have a different way of thinking. We have a different way of thinking. We came, we, we, we grew, our civilization, our culture came about very differently. It was a result to leave the old world behind and come up with a new way of living. We all know that. We're not going to go into it. But I think this person who wrote this article, focusing it on Donald Trump is stupid. His administration, just his, is ridiculous. Antifa's nemesis include law enforcement. Okay? okay well, let me go back one more time here. Listen, the first part proves it. And it makes his last part of this paragraph silly. Okay? Okay. They want to uh, uh, basically subvert liberal democracy, with the aim of replacing global capitalism with a communism. And he has said the long-term objective, both in America and abroad, is to establish a communist world order. Which, why I have to say, him focusing on Donald Trump as the target is ridiculous. All right. Antifa's nemesis include law enforcement, which is viewed as enforcing the established order. A common tactic used by Antifa in the United States and Europe is to employ extreme violence and destruction of public and private property to go the police into a reaction, to get the police to give a reaction, which then proves Antifa's claim that the government is fascist. Okay. Okay. It sounds ridiculous because they are communist. All right. At Antifa's claims to oppose fascism is a term is often used as a broad brush uh projective to discredit those who holding oppo- opposing political beliefs. One more. Antifa's claim to oppose fascism is a is a, a term often uses a broad brush Okay, to discredit those who hold opposing political beliefs. The traditional meaning of fascism is defined by the Webster's Dictionary, a totalitarian government system led by a dictator and emphasizing an aggressive nationalism, militarism, and often racism. Trump is not a dictator. He is legally elected. But if you notice... How many of our friends on the left, and I have people co-workers, one of them the other day actually admitted that maybe I have been brainwashed. He actually admitted that. I'm really, I really felt bad for him because he's been convinced that Trump is such a bad person. His mind is focused that he's a bad person. Most people on the left, okay, most people on the left vote Democrat because of social grouping some people are low informed information voters low information voters they do no research they don't bother to go out there i'm one of the kind of people that like to listen to the news i have friends that don't like listening to the news well co-workers mostly they don't like listening to the news they want to put on music Because music to them, uh, you know, distracts them from the daily life. My neighbor upstairs blasts his music that the whole neighborhood can hear because they don't want to think about their their troubles and their problems. They're not thinkers. People who like to blast music don't like to think. I hate to say that, but it's true. They're low-level thinking people. I'm not saying they're stupid. They just don't want to think about the problem. A high information voter is someone that constantly is looking for the information, is constantly searching. Life is about knowing things. You have to go out. You want to know something. You don't want to be told how to think. You want to know how to think. You want to think for yourself. And this is the problem with some people on the left. Okay? Trump is bad. Orange man is bad. Okay. Let's look at it. He has, uh, helped the veterans. He has lowered taxes. Okay. He, uh, taxes. So most of us can take home a little bit more extra, more money. He's also, um, helped with the prescri- prescription drugs, lowered them, made more generic drugs more available for people. He's even made it possible for people to go for particular testing for ailments and diseases where it wasn't available for before. Now it's available for people. He's also, um, opened up for, uh, black conservative colleges, which Obama himself didn't want to have anything to deal with because they didn't want to, uh, bend the knee to his policies. Uh, there was black colleges, more funding was given to them. He's also protected people for, um, public housing um if you remember the public housing issue uh mayor's like de blasio were putting illegal aliens in the front lines first to, uh, as opposed to african americans and hispanics who were waiting on the list forever okay that was that was one of them and he also now just achieved this whole peace deal with the united arab emirates and the uh, the uh, the arab emirates with israel and now bahrain is is going to enter to nego- to talks with israel okay he also pulled us out of the, the the paris accord all right because the paris accord was was making demands that was ridiculous that we couldn't agree with and then he's also brought back jobs he not a, you know he brought back most jobs which a lot of people don't want to, don't didn't want to talk about. And also, he's the most pro-life president, the most pro-life president we've ever had. He will defund Planned Parenthood because Planned Parenthood is a racist uh, institution that kills unborn babies. Mainly, it targets African American, Hispanics, and other, and and uh, also it makes money. It's a money maker. It's a it's it's a it's a butcher factory that makes money for these politicians. It's sad, but this is the fact. We have th- this kind of president, and most of these group of people don't want to deal with them. You know, they don't want to deal with the information. There's also he's also negotiated uh, hostages, hostages. Americans who are being kept hostage in other countries, he's negotiated a deal. He brought them back home without compromising our own our, our 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 own country all this including including other things he's done which i can't name at this point but he has done good for the country the market's been doing great job unemployment is low but there are those on the left if you look at them, even some of them, I've looked at their Facebook posts. Oh, my goodness. They're obsessed with him. Obsessed. And they and 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 they just don't want to admit it. They're obsessed with the man. All right, let's go back here. So the last part I read was they want to go to the police so that the police can prove to them all right, that America is fascist. Now, the claim for dictator Trump doesn't, which, which is a, the uh, Webster dictionary does not prove it. Antifa holds the Marxist Leninist definition of fascism, which equates it with capitalism. The fight against fascism is only is, is only won when the capitalist system has been shattered, and classless society has been achieved, according to the German Antifa group. Germany's uh, BfV domestic intelligence agency, in a special report on left-wing extremism, Antifa's fight against right-wing extremists is a smokescreen. The real goal remains the uh, the, Borgia, uh, the the Bo- the Borgia domest- dem- democratic state, which, in the reading of left-wing extremists, accepts and promotes fascism. As a possible form of rule, and therefore does not fight it sufficiently. Ultimately, it is argued, fascism is rooted in the social and political structure of capitalism. Accordingly, left-wing extremists, in their anti-fascist activities, focus above all on the elimination of the capitalist system. All right. So this is this is here. Um. this is from the Outsider's Guide to Antifa, and Volume 2 explained Antifa's ideology in this way. The basic philosophy of Antifa focuses on the battle between three basic forces fascism, racism, and capitalism, all three which are interrelated according to Antifa. With fascism being considered the final expression of a state of, or stage of capitalism, capitalism being a means of oppression, and racism being an oppressive. Mechanism related to fascism. Uh, it's almost interchangeable. In an essay, What Antifa and Original Fascists Have in Common, Anthony Moeller, a German professor of, econ- of, of economics who teaches at Brazil, how Antifa's militant anti capitalism masquerading as anti fascism reveals its own fascism. After the left has pocketed the concept of liberalism and turned the world into the opposite of original meaning. The Antifa movement uses false terminology to hide its true agenda. While calling themselves anti-fascists and declaring fascism the enemy, the Antifa itself is a foremost fascist movement. The members of Antifa are not opponents of fascism, but themselves are genuine representatives Communism, socialism, fascism are united by the common bond of anti capitalism and anti liberalism. The Antifa movement is a fascist movement. The enemy of this movement is not fascism, but liberty, peace, and prosperity. There you have it. There you have it. Right there. Antifa is fascism. Okay? It goes around calling, using the term fascism, fashion but they are the enemy. A peace, prosperity, and prosperity, you know, peace and prosperity and liberty. Antifa movement is fascist movement. The enemy of the movement is not fascism, but liberty, peace, and prosperity. Antifa's ideological origins. The ideological origins of Antifa can be traced back to the Soviet Union roughly a century ago in 1921 and 1922. Communist International uh, uh, developed the so-called United Front tactic to identify the working masses through agitation and organization at the international level and each individual country against capitalism and fascism, two terms that often were used interchangeably. They do that a lot on the left. They use certain words interchangeably to confuse you. OK, they use it. They, they do that a lot. OK, like, for example, capitalism, fascism, two terms often we use interchangeably. So you have to be careful with that. Whenever you hear someone from Antifa or someone from the far left use capitalism and fascism, they always use it interchangeably. Interchangeably. That's always been. And just, like the beginning of this of ideological origins go back to the Soviet Union. Uh, in uh, the beginning, roughly the beginning of the 20, uh, you know, roughly around 1921, 1922. The Communist International, uh, okay, they did that. So that's something you have to be aware of. The world's first anti-fascist group, People's Courageous Militia, was founded in Italy in June 1921 to resist the rise of Benito Mussolini's National Fascist Party, which itself was established to prevent the possible the possibility of a Bolshevik revolution on the Italian Peninsula, many of the groups, as twenty thousand members consisting of communists and anarchists, later joined the International Bl- uh, Brigade during the Spanish Civil War between nineteen thirty six and nineteen thirty nine. In Germany, the Communist Party of Germany uh, established the Parliamentary Group. Uh, Red Front Fighters League in June 1924. The group was banned due to its extreme violence. Many of its 130,000 members continued their activist activities underground or in local successor organizations such as uh, well I'm not going to pronounce the German Fighting Alliance Against Fascism. You see they always choose a name and they don't want to call themselves what exactly they are in slovenia the militant anti-fascist movement uh, tiger was established in 1927 to oppose the italianization of slovenia and ethnic areas after the collapse of the austro-hungarian empire the group which was disbanded in 1941 Specialized in assassinating Italian police and military personnel. In Spain, the Communist Party established, um, anti-fascist worker and peasant militias. I'm not going to pronounce the, uh, the, the Spanish, (laughs) which were inactive, which were active in the 1930s. In the modern, the modern Antifa movement derives its name from a group called, um, the anti-fascist uh, group. I guess, that's, I guess that, that's, that would be the original pronunciation in the language, I'm not going to speak. Founded in May 1932 by Stalinist leaders of the Communist Party of Germany. The group was established to fight fascists, a term the party used to describe all other pro-capitalist political parties in Germany. The primary objective of of the anti-fascists was to abolish capitalism, according to a detailed history of the group. The group, which had more than 1,500 founding members, went underground after the Nazis seized power in 1933. A German-language pamphlet, 80 Years of anti- Anti-Fascist Action, describes in a minute detail the continuous historical thread of the anti Antifa movement from its ideological origins in the 1920s to the present day, uh, to present day, the document states anti fascism has always fundamentally been an anti capitalist strategy. This is why the symbol of anti fascism has never lost its in, in, uh, inspirational power. Anti fascism is more of a strategy than an ideology. During the post war period, Germany's anti movement reappeared in various manifestations including the radical student protest movement of the 1960s and the leftist insurgency group that were active throughout the 1970s, 1980s and 1990s. This is probably the time that Joseph Ratzinger himself who became Pope in the 16th noticed this in Germany. He noticed um, this movement that became very violent which changed his mind to go further to the conservative side because he saw the violence that they were committing. I think this was that period. The Red Army Faction, RAF, also known as the Bader, okay, I'm not going to pronounce it, was a Marxist urban guerrilla group that carried out assassinations, bombings, and kidnappings aimed at bringing revolution to West Germany, which the group characterized as fascist holdover of the Nazi era. Over the course of 3 decades, the RAF murder murdered more than 30 people and injured over 200. After the collapse of the communist government in East Germany in 1989, it was discovered that the RAF had been given training, shelter and supplies by the Stasi, the, the secret police of the former communist regime. You see, so they were funded they were they were actually supported by the communists john philip jenkins distinguished professor of history at Baylor university described the group's tactic which are similar to those used by antifa today the goal of their of their terrorist campaign was to trigger an aggressive response from the government which group members believe would spark a broader revolutionary movement. Always looking for the broader revolutionary movement. Isn't it interesting? Okay. Their goal of their terrorist campaign was to trigger an aggressive response from the government, which group members believe would spark a broader revolutionary movement. Now the RA founder, Ehrlich Manoff, explained the relationship between violent left-wing extremism and the police. The guy in a uniform is a pig, not a human being. That means we don't have to talk to him and it is wrong to talk to these people at all. And of course, you can shoot. You know, he got that term pig from Animal Farm, from that writer who wrote 1984, which I can't think of his name right now, but, you know, that's where you got it from. Okay, Bettina Raul, a German journalist and daughter of Maneroff, argues that modern Antifa movement is a constitution of Red Army faction, the main difference is that unlike the RAF Antifa's members are afraid to reveal their identity which is why they all cover their faces in a June 2020 essay published by the Swiss newspaper also draws attention to the fact that Antifa is not only officially tolerated but is being paid by the German government to fight the far left the far the fight, the far left. Interesting contradiction there. The RAF idealized the communist dictatorship in China, North Korea, and North Vietnam, in Cuba, which were transfigured by the new left as better countries on the right path to the best communism. The flourishing left-wing radicalism in the West, which brutally strikes at the opening of the European central bank headquarters in the frankfurt in frankfurt and every g20 summit or every year on may 1st in berlin has achieved the highest level establishment in the state sorry i had a little noise outside my window okay the irf idolized the communist dictatorship in china north korea north vietnam i know i'm reading it again in cuba which were transfigured by the new left as better countries on the right path to best to the best communism so they idolized these countries the, fur, the flourishing left-wing radicalism in the west which brutally strikes at the opening of the european central bank headquarters in the frankfurt at every g20 summit remember they always had those big g20 summit or every year on may 1st in berlin has achieved the highest level of establishment in the state not the not the least thanks to the support by quite a few MPs from the political parties and journalists and relevant experts. Compared to the RAF, the the militant Antifa only lacks prominent faces. Out of cowardice, its members cover their faces and keep their names secret. There's never a leader from Antifa speaking. You will never hear anyone from Antifa speaking. Antifa constantly threatens violence and attacks against politicians and police officers. It promotes senseless damage to property. That's what they do. They damage a lot of property because the idea is to discredit the politician. The discredit. They were hoping to discredit Trump. But instead, this happened in states. States where there are governors and mayors and all it did was it affected them because remember we are a republic and every state has its own sort of governor which is like similar to a president and its own mayor and you know local mayors and locals local towns so it actually has more backfired on someone like de blasio and backfired on governors and mayors in seattle portland oregon minnesota and Wisconsin. It didn't back it didn't hurt Trump because he could actually send them help and they chose to say no. And all it did was it worked against them. You know, interesting. All right. So um you know, violence and attacks against politicians and police are it promotes senseless damage to property, amounting to vast sum. Nevertheless, um MP uh Ranat Consett recently complained in the um bond stage that Antifa groups had not been adequately funded by the state in recent decades she was concerned that no goes and Antifa groups do not always have to struggle to raise money and and could and only conclude short-term employment contracts from year to year there was uh there was an applause for this from alliances 90 the greens from the left and and from deputies. This is a, a, a European article, so if it sounds strange in the names, is because it's actually from Europe. One may ask the question of whether Antifa is something like an official RAF or a terrorist group with money from the state under the guise of fight, fighting against the, the right. Germany's uh, domestic intelligence agency uh, wrote, the left-wing extremists Capitalism is, for the left-wing, extremism, capitalism is interpreted as triggering wars, racism, ecological disasters, social inequality, and gentrification. Capitalism is therefore more than just a mere economic order. In left-wing extremist discourse, it determines the social and political form as well as the vision of radical social and political reorganization. Whether an anarchist or a communist, parliamentary and d- democracy as a so-called Borgia, uh form of rule should be overcome uh, in any case. Okay, I think I'm supposed to pronounce it as bourgeois, <laughs> but I don't speak French. So the bourgeois, the so-called bourgeois form of rule should be overcome in any case. You believe this? Far left, far left wing extremists, capitalism is interpreted as triggering wars, racism, ecological disasters, and social inequality and gratif- uh, gratification. Capitalism is therefore more than just a mere economic order. In left wing extremist discourse, it determines the social and political form as well as the vision of a radical social and political reorganization. Rather, anarchists or communists, parliamentary democracy as a so called bourgeois form of rule should be overcome in any case. You believe this? For this re- reason, left wing extremists usually ignore or legitimize human rights violations in socialist or communist dictatorships or any state that they allegedly see threatened by the West. To this day, both, both orthodox communists, I didn't even know there was such a thing, and autonomous activists justify, praise, and celebrate left-wing terrorists, Red Army faction, or foreign left-wing terrorists as alleged liberation movements or even resistant fighters. So, yeah, they, wear, they look at it through their, ro- their own ro- rose-colored lenses. Meanwhile, in Britain, anti-fascist action, the AFA, a militant anti-fascist group founded in 1985 gave birth to the Antifa movement in the United States. Figures. British uh, British product. Uh in Germany, uh, okay, in the United States states. In Germany, the anti-fascist, I'm not gonna pronounce that name, uh organization, the AABO, was founded in 1982 to combine the efforts of of smaller Antifa groups scattered around the country. In Sweden, the AF militant group founded the night founded in nineteen ninety three has established a three decade track record of using extreme violence against its opponents. In France, Antifa groups is known for its fierce opposition to the states state of Israel. Unbelievable, wow. After the fall of Berlin Wall in 1989 and the collapse of communism in 1990, the Antifa movement opened up a new front against neoliberal globalization. Neoliberal globaliza- globalization. ATEC established in France in 1990 to promote a global uh, tax on financial transactions now now leads the so-called ultra-globalization movement, which, like the glo- global justice movement, is opposed to capitalism. In 1999, ADIC was present in Seattle during the violent demonstration that led to the failure of WTO no- uh, negotiations. ADIC also participated in anti-capitalist demonstrations against G7, the G2, the WTO, and the war in Iraq. Today, the association is active in 40 countries with more than a thousand local groups and hundreds of organizations supporting the networks. Attic's decentralized and non hierarchical organizational structure appears to be the model being used by Antifa. <clears throat> in, Feb- in February 2016, the in- International Committee of the Fourth International Advance advanced the political foundations of global anti-war movements, which, like Antifa, blames capitalism and neoliberal globalism for the existence of military conflict. The new Antifa war movement must be anti-capitalist and socialist, since there can be no serious struggle against war except to fight to the end. The dictatorship of finance capital and economic system that is the fundamental cause of militarism and war. In July 2017, more than a 100,000 anti-globalization and Antifa protesters converged on the German city of Hamburg to protest the G20 summit. Leftist mobs laid waste to the city center. An Antifa group called the G20 Welcome to Hell bragged about how it was able to mobilize Antifa groups from across the world. The summit mobilization had been precious uh, moments of meetings and cooperation of left-wing and anti-capitalist groups and networks from all over the Europe and worldwide. We have been sharing experience and fighting together, attending international meetings, being attacked by cops, supported by military reorganization, we are organizing our forces and fighting back. Anti globalization movement has changed, but our networks endure. We are active locally in our regions, cities, villages, and forests, but we are also fighting transnationally. Germany's domestic security service, in an annual report, added left wing extremist structures try to shift the public debate about the violent G20 summit protests in their favor. While the distribution of photos and reports of allegedly disproportionate police measures during the summit protests, they promoted an image of a state that denounced legitimate protests and put them down with police police violence against such a state. They said militant resistance is not only legitimate, but also necessary. All right, so this is. Okay, this is only part one. This guy, I don't know, I haven't seen the part two. But this was a lot. This was a lot. I mean, I think for us, it was quite a lot. They said part two of the series will examine activities of Antifa in Germany and the United States. Uh. I don't know. I don't see it. Where is it? I don't think he put it on. I'm surprised. But this was a lot. This was a lot. And the sad problem about this is that it's a cult. I mean, what I read to you, you know, I mean, it may um, probably did sound boring at some point, but it was Antifa. And Antifa, (laughs) basically, they are a communist movement. Now imagine if they took over. What kind of world we'll be living in? We'll be living in a world where we're constantly harassed, beaten, taken from our homes, interrogated. They'll be examining our email. They'll be examining our, uh, uh, what we read. They'll be coming into our home and examining every, every little thing they can use against us. Imagine living in the world where they rule. Will we really have a democracy? No. It's not going to be democracy because they're against democracy. They're gonna, they're gonna examine everything. Imagine living in the world where they're in power, and the sad problem is there are people out there that want uh, that are using them, because someone is paying for them to fly from one place to another. Someone is paying for their hotel rooms. Someone is paying for this. It's sad. This is really sad. All right. So here's an interesting thing here. This is from Church Militant. And this is an article basically that says this, who's bankrolling BLM? But we don't have to look into it because I took this link from this article and we already saw, we already already did about BLM and who's bankrolling them. But remember what happened when Rand Paul, when, when uh, the RNC had its final night at the White House, Rand Paul and his, and his wife got attacked. They got seriously attacked. They got attacked um, that night. They hurled insults and slurs at Rand Paul and his wife when they left the White House. And, you know, crowds were around them. People were calling him names. They were, you know, they were attacking him. And they, 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 they it turns out they were actually they were staying in the same hotel. You believe this? Uh, on the some of them were on the same floor, possibly with Ram, Senator Rand Paul and his wife. And they, 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 they could have torn them apart if there were no police there. If there was no police there, these these crowds could have torn them apart. And this is serious. So I'm going to play you. Um, Ram Paul's experience. All right, hold on. This is like Fox and Friends.
1: You can tell that man behind the mask is Rand Paul, a bunch of protesters descending on the Kentucky senator and his wife Kelly as they left the uh, the president's RNC speech from the White House. Actually, it was a longer trip than that. He joins us right now for his first live interview since that confrontation. Uh, Senator, good morning. That looks scary. Yeah. You know, my wife and I, it was horrific, you know. We had two uh, women with us who were friends of ours. We had looked out, you know, we came out of the speech, and we we looked into the street. Our hotel was only right across the street from the White House, but we couldn't go because the mob was already chasing people down that chose to go out that exit. So the Secret Service says, get on a bus and ride to the Trump Hotel. So we got on a bus. It took 45 minutes to get through all the mobs. We get there safely, and then we say, we'll get an Uber to go all the way back where we came from, and we wanted to be dropped off at the hotel. But as we got close to it, the streets were blocked and no one would let us through. And what happened is there was two blocks, and I regret that I made this decision, but I said we're going to walk the two blocks. We walked one block, but as we walked one block, we could see some police in the distance, but we also saw a mob of about 30 people marching and yelling. They all of a sudden saw me right as we got to the policeman, fortunately, or I don't think we'd have survived. We got to the policeman, and I the policeman I don't think recognized me, and as they came closer, they were shouting my name, and the crowd doubled to 60. And then it doubled again to 120. And as they were surrounding us and it got closer and closer and everybody kept pushing back, the policemen were forming a, a barricade with their bodies. I whispered to the policemen, they know who I am. You've got to get reinforcements. It's going to get worse. He called for reinforcements, but we didn't get any reinforcements. We waited, but the crowd was getting bigger and bigger and pushing in. Uh, they were yelling threats. They were trying to push the police over to get to me. They were grabbing at us. And it got worse and worse and worse. And then finally, we decided to make a move. I said, we've, we've got to move. If there's not going to be reinforcements, we have to try to get to the hotel, which was another block. And they were shouting threats, you know, to us, to, to kill us, to hurt us. But they're also threat, saying, shout, shouting, say her name, Breonna Taylor. And it's like, you couldn't reason with this, mob. but I'm actually the author of the Breonna Taylor law to end no-knock raids. So the irony is lost on these idiots that they're trying to kill the person who's actually trying to get rid of no-knock raids. And they were shouting and screaming and just it it really these people were unhinged but I can't tell you how, I'm not sure we would have made it. So, as we're walking, sort of surrounded by the police, they're attempting to push the police over to get to me. So, at one point, they push a policeman backwards. He stumbles and he's trying to catch his balance. And I catch the back of his flak jacket to stabilize him and, you know, make sure that he's okay because he's our defense. I mean, if, yeah. if he's down, the mob's loose on us. And you've seen the pictures of what they do to you. If the police are not there, if you defund the police, if we become Portland, if America becomes Portland, what's going to happen yeah. is people are going to be pummeled and kicked in the head and, and left senseless on the curb. That would have happened to us. I promise you, had we not had the D.C. police to support us, I mean, we are thankful that we have police. Right. And we've got to wake up. We can't have the whole country. We can't have Joe Biden rule the country and have no police. I mean, it, we can't yeah. walk down the street in D.C. safely now. That's how bad it is. I I saw one police officer was actually using his bicycle uh, to try to to keep the crowd back. He fell into you. You almost stumbled and fell down. Uh, You and your wife are both okay, right? We are. We were unharmed, but, you know, it's still going on this morning. There's still mobs in the street blocking the streets. And I know it sounds like over the top to say that people are from out of town, but I think we're going to find out that these people are hired and from out of town. Specifically in our case, I believe there are going to be people who were involved with the attack on us that actually were paid to come here, are not from Washington, D.C., and are sort of paid to be anarchists.
0: So there you go that shows you that's that's pretty much the same tactic. The article mainly is about BLM and it's by um, William Mahoney and it's September 3rd. But this, the people in the crowd were Antifa. And I believe, I uh, my personal view, okay, because Black Lives Matter has said that they are Marxist socialists, that their ideology is mainly built on Marxism. And this is serious because we got a serious problem in our hands. We can't let these people rule. I'm going to end it here. Uh, there's no part two to that Antifa article, but I think I read enough. I think we get the big big, big picture. I don't think part two is going to be much different than part one. So uh, I'm glad I did this because this is something I've been wanting to address for a while. Uh, I hope it turned out all right. I'm, you know, uh, like I said, I I don't I don't really uh, have much time to plan these uh, you know, these podcasts, but I do it freely. And I think it's more comfortable that way for me. So um, let's end it with a prayer. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now at the hour of our death. Amen. God bless, and uh, I'll be back again soon. Amen.